0: Hey friend, welcome back to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. We've had a wonderful time together on this week of programs. I'm thankful, so very thankful for each and every one of you that has chosen to spend your time right here with me. My prayer today is that what we talk about will be a great encouragement to you as it was to me. I'm coming to you right now from a balcony, from a back deck of a wonderful Christian couple's home here in New Zealand. Have had a grand opportunity to speak in many different churches to many different Christians over here during some revival meetings. God's met with us. It's been wonderful. I'm going to ask you today to tune your ears. I've got a a story, a personal story and a a historical story, I guess you could say, that you may have heard before, but I don't think so. Many of you have not heard this story, and that saddened me when I realized I talk, I've i talked to so many different Christians, and they say, I've never heard that before. So I'm going to share it with you right now as you listen You may hear some sounds of New Zealand wildlife behind me. So we'll just let that be a backdrop to this story, okay? Because this story comes to you from Australia, just across the Tasman Sea from New Zealand. I had the opportunity recently to visit a place called George Street. George Street. It's kind of a, a touristy section of town, to a large degree, there are shops and and different uh, restaurants and things like that. But let me tell you a story that began many years ago. You listening? This all started a number of years ago in a Baptist church in Crystal Palace in South London. Now you're thinking right now. Hold on, Micah. You're you're in New Zealand telling me a story about Australia. It starts in London. You got to listen. All right. It starts in South London. The Sunday morning service at this church was closing, and a man stood up at the back and raised his hand and said, excuse me, pastor, can I share a short testimony? Now, you got to realize that's a that's an iffy proposition, turning the service over sometimes. You never know what people are going to say. <laughs> the pastor looked at his watch and said, you have two minutes. The man proceeded with this story. I've just moved into this area. I used to live in Sydney, Australia. Just a few months back, I was visiting some relatives, and I was walking down George Street. You know, George Street is in Sydney, going from the business area out into the colonial area. A strange little white-haired man stepped out from a shop doorway. He put a pamphlet, a tract, in my hand and said, "'Excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven?' I was astounded, very blunt, kind of in my face. He said, "'No one had, never, had ever asked me that before.' I thanked him courteously, and all the way home to London, this puzzled me. I called a friend who happened to be a Christian, thank God, he led me to Christ. And, of course, the the church there loved that testimony. Everyone applauded and welcomed him into their fellowship as a new believer. That Baptist pastor I was scheduled to fly to Adelaide, Australia the next week, and ten days later, in the middle of a three-day series in a Baptist church in Adelaide, a woman came up to him for some counseling. He wanted to establish, though, where she stood with Christ. She said, I used to live in Sydney, and just a couple of months back, I was visiting some friends there and doing some last-minute shopping down on George Street, a strange little white-haired man. "'stepped out of his shop doorway, offered me a pamphlet, a gospel tract, and said, "'Excuse me, ma'am, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven?' "'I was disturbed by these words. When I got home to Adelaide, I knew this Baptist church was on the next block from me. "'I sought out the pastor, and he led me to Christ. So I am a Christian.' "'The London pastor was now very puzzled. Twice in two weeks he had heard the same testimony.' He then flew to church to preach in the in the a church of Mount Pleasant in Perth. I think that's on the southwest side of Australia for the Aussies. If I'm wrong on my geography, I apologize. But he was preaching there when his teaching series was over. Uh, one of the elders of that church took him out for a meal, and he asked the elder how he got saved. He said, "I grew up in this church from the age of fifteen. Never though made a commitment to Jesus. Just hopped on the bandwagon like everyone else." Because of my business ability, I grew to a place of influence. I was on a business trip to Sydney just three years ago. An obnoxious, spiteful little white-haired man stepped out of a shop doorway, offered me a religious pamphlet, and accosted me with a question. Excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? I tried to tell him. I was a Baptist elder. He wouldn't listen to me. I was seething with anger all the way home from Sydney to Perth. I told my pastor, thinking that he would sympathize, but he agreed. He had been disturbed for years, knowing that I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and he was right. My pastor led me to Jesus just three years ago. The London preacher flew home and was soon speaking at the Keswick conventions in the Lake District, and he threw in these three testimonies. At the close of this teaching series, four elderly pastors came up and explained that they too had been saved between 25 and 30 years earlier through that same little man on George Street, offering them a pamphlet and asking the same question. The following week, he flew to a similar Keswick convention in the Caribbean to missionaries. He shared the same testimonies. At the close of his teaching, three missionaries came forward and said they'd also been saved between 15 and 25 years earlier by that same little man's testimony and the same question on George Street in Sydney. Next... He stopped in Atlanta, Georgia. This preacher must have preached all over the place, apparently. He stopped in Atlanta, Georgia to speak at a naval chaplain convention. For three days, he spoke to over 1,000 naval chaplains. Afterwards, the chaplain general took him out for a meal and asked the chaplain how he became a Christian. And he asked the chaplain how he became a Christian. You're probably guessing by now, aren't you, those of you listening to this story? It was miraculous, he said. I was a rating on a naval battleship, and I lived a reprobate life. We were doing exercises in the South Pacific, and we docked at Sydney Harbor for replenishments. We hit King's Cross with a vengeance. I was blind drunk, got on the wrong bus, and got off in George Street. As I got off the bus, I thought I saw a ghost. As this man jumped out in front of me, pushed a pamphlet into my hand, and said, Sailor, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? The fear of God hit me Immediately, I was shocked, sober, ran back to the ship, sought out the chaplain. He led me to Christ. I soon began to prepare for the ministry under his guidance, and I am now in charge of 1,000 chaplains. These men are soul conscious as I try to lead them to be. Six months later, that London pastor flew to a conference for 5,000 Indian missionaries in a remote part of northeast India. India, maybe in the Manipur region. At the end, the head missionary took him to his humble little home for a simple meal. He asked how he, as a Hindu, the Baptist preacher asked the man, formerly a Hindu, how he came to Christ. He said, I grew up in a very privileged position. I worked in the Indian diplomatic mission, and I traveled the world. I'm so glad for the forgiveness of Christ and his blood covering my sin. I would be very embarrassed if people found out what I got into as a lost man. One period of diplomatic service took me, you guessed it, to Sydney. I was walking down George Street. I was doing some last-minute shopping, laden with toys and clothes for my children, and walking down George Street, a courteous, white-haired little man stepped out in front of me and offered me a gospel tract. He said, Excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you died tonight, are you going to heaven? I thanked him very much, but this disturbed me. I got back into my town, sought out our Hindu priest. He couldn't help me, but he advised me that to satisfy my curious mind, I should go and talk to the Christian missionary in the mission home at the end of the road. That was good advice, because that day the missionary led me to Christ. I quit Hinduism immediately and began to prepare for the ministry. I left the diplomatic service and here I am today by God's grace leading these missionaries and we have together led over 100,000 people to Christ over these past years. Eight months later, that London pastor was preaching in Sydney. He asked the local Baptist minister if he knew of a little elderly white-haired man who handed out tracts on George Street. He replied, yes, I do. His name is Mr. Jenner, though. Although I don't think he does it anymore because he's so frail and elderly. Two nights later, they went to meet him in his little apartment. They knocked on the door, and this tiny, frail old man greeted them. He sat them down and made them tea. He was so frail that he was slopping the tea into the saucer as his hands shook. The London preacher sat there and told him of all these accounts from the previous three years. The little man sat with tears running down his cheeks. He told them his story. I was an enlisted man on an Australian warship, living a shameless life. In a crisis, I really hit the wall. One of my colleagues, to whom I gave literal hell, was there to help me. He led me to Jesus, and the change in my life was night to day in 24 hours. I was so grateful to God. I promised God that I would share Jesus in a simple witness with at least 10 people a day. As God gave me the strength, I did that. Sometimes I was ill and couldn't do it, but I made up for the days I missed at other times. I wasn't paranoid about it. It was just a commitment I tried to keep. I've done this for over 40 years. In my retirement years, the best place was George Street, where I saw hundreds of people a day. Lots of rejections, but a lot of people courteously took the tract. In 40 years of doing this, I have never heard of one single person coming to Christ as a result of my witness until today. You know... I would say that man had to be committed to Christ to do that for 40 years and not hear any results. But that simple little, non-charismatic little Baptist man, witnessed to perhaps 140 something thousand people, if you do the math. I think that God was showing that Baptist pastor from London, just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. Goodness knows how many more people have been arrested for Christ doing huge jobs out in the mission field. Mr. Jenner, he died two weeks later, but can you imagine the reward when he went home to heaven? Probably never appeared on a Christian periodical, probably was never had his name up in the lights, but now, as of course the, a small bit of human fame, as I tell you on this radio broadcast that will play on over 100 different radio broadcasts, and many others of greater renown than I have shared this story, but that's not what it's about, is it? The fact that there are thousands, tens of thousands, quite possibly hundreds of thousands of people that accepted Christ, not necessarily just because of Mr. Jenner, putting a track in their hand, but those people accepting Christ, a few of those people, and then going on to do great things for God. It's like the little domino piece that knocks over a slightly larger piece, which knocks over a slightly larger piece. And if you've ever seen the math on domino pieces, it's amazing how quickly it can exponentially grow. A small piece can knock down a much larger piece. And in the will and providential plan of God, you'd be amazed at what God can do with and through you. So I ask you, would you commit to begin using gospel tracks like Mr. Jenner did so many years ago? He's gone on to his reward and glory, and I would hazard a guess that his reward will far outweigh mine when I get home to heaven. But he's given me a bar. He's given me a standard to try to reach. I'm thankful for testimonies like this one. As I stood there on George Street, I thought about this man's investment. and I thought about the fact that there's always more that we could do. Join me tomorrow on the last day of the Bible Tracked Echoes radio broadcast. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tracked Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated.